In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. We have so many randomly big topics today and to help us discuss them and laugh at them is comedian and author Jenny Hogan. She is back. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. One of our fave, one of our fave guest co-hosts. And yeah, like I said, there's just so many, there's just such a like, it's like a fast, it's like a faucet of political stories that's not like gushing this week, but like you can't turn it off, right Elise? No, no, you certainly can't. And I that was actually probably not the best um, metaphor to metaphor? start with. <laughs> wow, Amanda canceled five oh, minutes and wow. five seconds into the pod. Damn, damn. <laughs> couldn't even look at my first story. But there is a uh, the biggest news story of the week in the country, not just in Florida, of course, is this unbelievably massive hurricane. Hurricane Ian has hit Florida. It is one of the strongest hurricanes to ever hit the United States. That's some scary sounding shit. Um, With some places reporting a storm surge of 8 to 10 feet above ground level. It worsened to nearly a Category 5 storm as it approached the shore, which was like a a little surprise. Apparently, hurricanes normally lose strength as they approach the shore, but the effects of climate change have given them kind of like the juice they need to, to keep it going. And I mean, obviously, some of our listeners... Don't need to have seen the clips online. They're they're there. They're, they might not have power. Maybe they're listening to this because they ran out of juice on their laptop. But also, if you have, I've seen the clips are just like, it does look like one of the worst hurricanes to have ever hit. So um, really scary to think of the what we might hear in the next couple of days. Yeah, it's so I went down the TikTok rabbit hole last night watching um yeah, watching storm footage. Well, first I checked in on all my family in Florida. They're mm-hmm. all doing okay. They're Good. they're on the other coast, so it's famously like, big state. Yeah, yeah, it's quite large. They're on the other coast, so things are looking fine for them as of right now. But I was watching, I watched a video that blew my mind of a couple. They were like, there was a body of water in between them, some kind of bay, and on the other side they were watching a tornado. Mm-hmm. from their balcony the tornado crosses the water and starts coming towards them and they're oh, no. running inside and you can hear this woman being like carl get inside and he's like i will <laughs> he's like, i'm going viral he's like, right now <laughs> yeah he's like i'm getting a great video like literally and you can just hear this man's wife being like come inside there's a tornado but it, and it the tornado just like zoomed right past him and i oh. on the one hand i'm kind of glad he didn't go inside because it was a pretty crazy video Man, Carl took a bet and it paid off. Carl took a bet and it did pay off. Good for Carl. I hope he's licensing that video and making a couple hundred dollars for it for risking his life. 
Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah, I sent you a picture of a very, a very um, forlorn-looking woman, which was fair because a boat fully was inside her apartment, fully just entered her apartment somehow from from the water. I mean, I th- this is like a weird period because like I haven't heard of I've heard of lots of search and rescue happening, and I don't know if this is like over the next couple of days you hear of lives that might have been lost because some of the footage is like it's intense. You can't imagine a person getting caught. It's like. People don't survive that when they're in the ocean. So when it's flooding through your streets and you can get caught on all sorts of things. I mean, I won't go any further, but really hard to watch. And like, unfortunately, a future reality. Like these these seasons are just going to be getting worse. It's crazy because I feel like a month ago I was reading like, oh, it's been a surprisingly mild hurricane season. But it's just delayed. It's just been Ian like hulking up. Yeah. Yeah. Floodwaters are full of the nastiest crap, too. So it's like in the days after, who knows? People who were like exposed to this water could Mm. get sick and shit. Like it's, I mean, floodwater is some of the dirtiest, dirtiest water you can encounter. I feel like there's just, it is Florida. And tell me if regionally I'm not in the right place, but aren't there alligators everywhere? (laughs) I mean, there's some gators I've seen them (laughs) there's gotta be gators just that have been flushed from like the canals and stuff again maybe I'm not in the right region of Florida but gotta be errant gators out there like on top of everything else you've got to deal with yeah there's gotta be there's gotta be yeah I that would really freak me out a gator walking down the street also if a boat ends up in your apartment like is that your boat from then on (laughs) I think that's the rule (laughs) I feel like that's Florida law If a boat or an alligator enters your apartment, they're both your responsibility, but you also own them. Yeah, you also own them. Um, Elise and I were chatting this morning about, you know, how to help in resources. And, you know, you can give to the Red Cross. I think when you give to them, it just goes in one pot and, you know, they'll use it for for immediate relief. The Humane Society is also using the money. I mean, like, you have to get a lot of pets out of shelters. The TikTok videos that I spent a lot of time watching were the ones on how you prepare certain zoo animals at wildlife refuges. Like, for certain birds, they just put them in the bathroom. Like, they got no other choice. They're in just the bathroom. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that, like, how you prepare a zoo. There's so much. That's where, oh, yeah. Whenever there's a disaster coming, that's the first thing I look up on TikTok is, like, how are the zoos preparing more in Ukraine, (laughs) hurricane in Florida, because they're always doing it. And they've always got like the most novel things. Like all of them were like, they were crawling under the stalls to make sure that they were locked so that the stork didn't get in the fucking bathroom stall. So I really hope that the storks in Florida are okay. And of course, the people people. and shelter pets. um, Again, this is sort of the couple days where we'll see. But regardless, like damage to property is also, you know, devastating for people. Oh, I was just reading that they have very low rates of flood insurance right now, I guess, because of Uh, like the economy just doing worse in general. Fewer people had bought flood insurance. So it's even more catastrophic. Going to be a lot of GoFundMes. Yeah. Around, around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In other news, Elise Morales, you broke this news to me today. Who (laughs) is getting a divorce this week? Oh, this week in divorce court, it's none other than Rep Marjorie Taylor Green. Her husband, Perry, filed for divorce after 27 years of marriage, citing the marriage as irretrievably broken. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Yeah, fair. Um, And Marjorie Taylor Greene, like, put out a statement today 
It's the most like Marjorie Taylor Greene statement. It's like, marriage is a wonderful thing and I'm a firm believer in it. Our society is formed by a husband <laughs> and a wife creating a family to nurture and protect. Like she has to get Hilarious. in weird homophobia. And then she's like, <laughs> Perry gave me the best job ever. Mom, and for that I will for always be grateful. I also saw that he's like, Elise, can you just make this a TikTok? (laughs) He will always be grateful. I'm Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, He also apparently filed to keep their finances a secret, which is Mm. interesting because normally, like, some of their financial information would get become public record as a result of this, but he filed to have that not happen. It actually mm. seems kind of amicable, whatever is going on. He's like asking yeah. for 50-50 and whatever, but interesting that they've become yeah. irretrievably, irretrievably <laughs> broken. I know, just imagine uh, getting to the 28th year of yeah. being married to her and being like, that's it. <laughs> irretrievably I broken. I do not think... You should have to come up with a reason for divorcing Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like, I think maybe in some marriages you need a reason, but I think that one, it's right. enough to just be like, look, Google her. Yeah, right. It's yeah, just exactly. like, see above. Like, look at the name. That's all. See yeah, line include one. links to like some of her clips yeah. and just be like, yeah, <laughs> it's irretrievably broken at this point. I'm sure this, I I can't imagine Perry Green is awesome. No, I absolutely no. 27 years. Absolutely not. He can't be great. What how long do you think until she's married again? Ooh. Interesting. I can't even I do feel like she'll get married again and probably I wonder if she'll try to like form a power couple. Yeah. With like some Mary other up. Yeah. Who's she single? Married? Yeah, Madison Cawthorn got got divorced as well. They were they were close. They were were close. close. That would be interesting for her to go like the cougar route. Mm -hmm. I Um, I support it. Lindsey Graham, famously single. (laughs) (laughs) Single. That would honestly be perfect for both of them. Yeah, they they do like um, he gets a a platonic partnership. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Somebody should pitch that to them. Like House of the Dragon, where they have an agreement. Yeah. Like with, the, with Rhaenyra's and her husband or whatever. They have an agreement set out in the beginning. You, we can each do what we want, but this is a political marriage for us to take the throne. <laughs> from absolute hell. From absolute. Well, I mm-hmm. mean, just imagine them having to do just like a fake smooch for the camera. I don't. I'd like to skip lunch now. I'm good. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of 
gifts do you have for Dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. In other news, today is a huge day for Ginny's talking. Not only do we have the one and only Ginny Hogan on the Batches Up podcast, but we have the one and only Ginny Thomas chatting away, hopefully, with the January 6th committee in D.C. today. We have the Ginny gregarious energy going strong, (laughs) going strong. In recent weeks, uh, Ginny Thomas reached an agreement with the House Committee investigating the insurrection about talking with them. Plenty of texts. We've been talking about this for a long time. Plenty of texts and emails show that Ginny Thomas, who was problematically married to problematic Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, was encouraging the scheme to appoint fake electors, coordinating about actual strategies to accomplish that. Any kind of like offshoot of conspiracy theory around that motivated the insurrection, Ginny Thomas was kind of like involved with. Remember, she texted Mark Meadows to stay strong and ensure Trump didn't concede the election to Biden. Mm-hmm. So her lawyer tried to argue so many texts. Her lawyer tried to argue over the summer that these were just texts among friends and did not require any further scrutiny from the panel. No big deal. Now he describes her as eager to explain herself. Judy Thomas doesn't have friends, so that's kind of clearly a lie. <laughs> but she also cons- consistently referred to I was I was brushing up on my Ginny Thomas text today, in mm-hmm. fact, as I was writing the newsletter. And she also often refers to Clarence as her best friend. She like alludes to him in the text and she's like, having a conversation with my best friend today. <laughs> but she also claims that they never talk about any of right. this stuff. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, well, you told me something, Elise, today that I had not heard, which is that I don't know if you knew this, Jenny, but Jenny Thomas, Thomas is a was a straight up cult member that was deprogrammed. And she talks about this. This is something she was open about. What cult? Yes. Life Spring. It was called okay, Life Spring. Um, it has it's, like it sounded Nexium like an energy. Early, 
Okay. It has it has Nexium, but I think there's like a Christianity element, and it is a self help church. And, and Ginny Thomas was fully in it, and now she became like an anti cult activist. That was her first cause in like the 80s and 90s because she was fully deprogrammed from a cult, and now she texts QAnon links to the former chief of staff. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Full circle. She's just no. she's a lady who's made use of what she knows. Exactly. Listen, when you have a skill set, you have to flex it. You have to flex in it. In this and economy, I- yeah. You gotta <laughs> like double digit inflation. Ginny's gotta work. Yeah. That Cla- Claire yeah. Thomas only makes like like I don't know, it's like two hundred fifty K a year. That that Georgetown, wherever they live, I'm sure she's I mean, although Ginny Thomas, based on I was noticing this morning, based on pictures of her, she only has one outfit. Like you can tell, there was one yes. time she did a public sh- like a, a appearance, and she wore a pink blazer and like this polka dot multicolored scarf. I hope she fucking hates that outfit now because yeah. the only Getty pictures there are of her. I tweeted like a combat like if you Google her, just all news stories of the same of the same exact outfit. And yeah, it's giving Dolores Umbridge. It's giving. <laughs> she should. I hope she let herself be snapped today, so at least she can get uh, at least she can get a a few more. A few more Getty pictures, but she's chatting to them today, apparently going to explain herself. But Elise, in the article that you sent me, it did say that like people that have been in cults before, like are more vulnerable, despite how much they know about what happened to them, are more vulnerable to fall into it again because it's like there's a reason you did before. I don't, it's yeah. weird she's referring to her husband as her best friend. That seems weird to me. So it's like she says she's just asking questions. She's just talking with friends. And it's like, do you uh, think in her vows, like in Ginny and Clarence's vows, they're like, today I am marrying my best friend? <laughs> a thousand percent. When, <laughs> and then they didn't kiss. <laughs> it's like so embarrassing when people say that because it's like you're just letting people know that you don't have other friends. If 100%. your spouse is your best friend. Yeah. I would say mm-hmm. Danny's my very close friend, my special <laughs> friend. <laughs> well, I have noticed as a, as a person who's having a wedding in 10 days that like the person who I asked to do the most things and I feel the most comfortable asking to do things is obviously Mike. So I'm like, who's going to do this? Mike, well, he's uh, he's he's busy. <laughs> he yeah. It's like make actual demands. Uh, but yes, I I've, I've been feeling that energy. I I any any uh, instinct I had to take that out of my vows, I took out when I realized it might be true. <laughs> the one thing Jenny and I have in common. So let's stay on the subject of politics and election deniers for a few more minutes. Midterms, of course, they're in full swing. Most of the headlines I'm reading around politics are around midterms. Jenny and I were chatting about this. It feels like people are paying attention. The narratives, the storylines, they're out there. We're doing this. Doug Mastriano, he's terrifying. He's running for governor of Pennsylvania as a Republican. So he's an election denier who's also proposed doing some absolutely insane shit if elected this week a clip resurfaced of of him saying that if he were elected he would pass a bill where women who get abortions ought to be charged with murder amazing that's chill that's chill Governor awesome pennsylvania great today marks 40 days until the election and <gasps> mastriano posted yeah that he will spend that stretch fasting and in prayer he planned a really, this comes as his campaign is just doing really poorly. And I think that's the energy behind this. He planned a big rally last weekend and only a do- few dozen people showed up. His campaign is running out of money. He's even asked U.S. citizens abroad to donate to his campaign for governor of Pennsylvania. <laughs> this, is, this is the fundraising disparity. His opponent, Democrat Josh Shapiro, 
raised $25 million over the summer. Mastriano raised $3 million. This is the person that the voters chose. The party didn't. The party didn't want him. Josh Shapiro actually paid to run ads uh, supporting Mastriano in the primary because he thought he would be easier to beat. And, you know, we're very careful about polls, but right now he's 11. Josh Shapiro is 11 points ahead. So maybe this is, this is Mastriano's literal come to Jesus moment. He has posted on his Facebook that he is doing 40 days of fasting and prayer. My favorite thing about the post on his Facebook is that it has 110 likes. <laughs> oh, no. Do you think, do you think the, the fasting is because he's out of money? He's yeah. just decided that that's Inflation. kind of a way to, to cut costs, have his whole staff fast. Groceries are really, you know... It's no joke that groceries have gotten really expensive. So, yeah, maybe he's just like, I'll do a cleanse and uh, Here's I'll get, my in, last. I'll I think get in concession be. shape. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get I my concession totally body ready. Right. I think you could be totally right. I think that like his office could have been like, hey, the interns need snacks. They need like some Nature Valley bars. And I could be like, we have... 22 million less dollars than the other campaign. Let's tell them that we're fasting. This motherfucker's not fasting. He's just telling them that they're all fasting. I think somebody yeah. should, ooh, if this man is committed to doing this, you know how many clips we're going to see and like go viral in the next couple of days of him like eating a burger? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's going to be absolutely. worse than the crudite. Yes. Yeah. Same energy. Crudite, yeah. Precisely. Yeah. Speaking of that race, the other funny headline I saw related to that race this week was um, Dr. Oz is really trying to make it seem like John Frennerman is in the Crips. Oh, I, yes. I, okay. <laughs> I first heard that on a podcast and I didn't realize they meant the gang. I thought it was like a reference to him being a Crip for AKA about to die, which they've also been doing. And then I realized I was like, but if you think that he's like a stroke victim who like can't walk how can you possibly believe he's in a gang you know like you need you need to get around to being a gang you have to have some consistency well wasn't there also a thing so fetterman and this is uh yes, you can probably guess there, this but there. fetterman has a nine inch nails tattoo uh he has a, lyric, a nine inch nail lyric tattooed on his arm or whatever and newt gingrich tried to tweet it out being like is this a nine inch nail lyric yes. or is it a reference to being in the Crips? And everyone was like, it's a nine inch nails lyric. <laughs> what, what does Newt Gingrich, like what is he doing at home where he was like, you know what? What's his wife's name? Like Callista? Callista. Something Callista, like who, that. Who always facetunes herself and not him in their photos. <laughs> which is, uh, like, I, I actually do follow her on social media because without fail, every photo, she leaves him looking wrinkled, pale, gaunt, and she's fully airbrushed. Within <laughs> inch of her She life. doesn't even give him a swipe over. It's like, damn. <laughs> he looks like a little bridge troll. He's, like, coming out from underneath her it is hell she hates him as much as we do oh god living with him must be hell she's just like just tweet about it darling just just tweet about it <laughs> while she's like like pulling the threads up behind her ears to keep her face up oh anyway they're really resorting we were i was looking at a lot of polling this morning and like there are really some races where democrats look like they're going to run away with it but there are also some that are super interesting like stacy abrams is way behind um Crazy. even though even though um Senator Warnock is is way ahead of Herschel Walker. And I was I was chatting to Bridget about this and she was like people just don't believe in women of color. So, 
you know, when asked if they, they're not just being asked, like, do you think that she should win? They're probably also being asked, like, do you think she will win? And it's like, this woman has delivered Democratic wins, the, the fucking White House, <laughs> like both Senate seats because of her work in advocacy. So I just, it's so strange to me that when she's the candidate, it's different. I don't get it. I think that Kemp, it's it's pretty unearned, but I think that Kemp is benefiting a lot from the fact that he didn't do what Trump wanted in Georgia. And so now, this is my theory, but now he yeah. has this, even though he actually is a very far-right political operative he has this sheen of being apolitical where Stacey Abrams has this Democrat star mm -hmm. left thing on her and I think that's why he's because I do I mean Georgia it's this is the first time we ever flipped it it's like a deep purple still kind mm -hmm. of red state and so yeah. I think if they can vote for a Republican who makes them feel good which Kemp does because now he has this like bipartisan. I didn't actually overturn the U. Overthrow the U.S. government. Yeah, Sheen. that's where the bar. That's where he's like benefiting from that. Yeah, yeah. It's like Glenn Youngkin. I feel like you can yes. be really conservative if you're not actually like a mega like you know apostle. You can you'll look moderate just by Trump insulting you, basically. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it gives a cover to a lot of people who weren't able to find it in 2020, who maybe yeah. didn't decide to come out for Biden or stay home for those yeah. like those other uh, senators. I also I feel like it's better to have Trump criticize you than to criticize him. Like you don't even have to you don't have to criticize him and alienate the people who love him. But then if he criticizes you, you can like use that to your advantage, like to be like, look, I'm like center of the aisle, you know, like center. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I will say what one of the things that I just cannot stop thinking about after this week, because obviously Ron DeSantis has been front and center in Florida. Another governor. He's race doing a weird, competent yeah. job. At, I mean, politically, a hurricane. This is like kind of a cynical thing to say, but politically, a hurricane yeah. can be a very slam dunk thing for a governor as long as he acts normal. Uh, gives a normal press conference. Says yes to the experts. Yeah. yeah, accepts federal aid. Like Ron DeSantis went out there and was like, I'm putting aside pettiness. Me and Biden are working together, whatever. He like looks really good. And so I'm just like, this impending showdown of him and his father figure, his Darth Vader, his daddy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he's going to have to defeat his own daddy to get yeah. what he wants. And I'm just, I can't, it's so interesting because that fight is coming so quickly and it'll mm -hmm. be, I wonder how Ron DeSantis is going to play it. Given like all the things Jenny was just saying about like, you can have Trump criticize you, but to criticize mm -hmm. him, it's not good. So like, how does he stick that landing we'll have to see yeah i wonder if he'll just say that trump is too old and that it's like time to like you know thank you for fixing the party and now i gotta move on that's really interesting yeah we'll i think that's I definitely mean, yeah. how he'll start and then yeah. if trump sort of attacks him he can sort of be yeah. like i mean i came out with like i came out and i was respectful i well yeah, yeah i mean it's gonna be like 
Ron DeSantis is going to definitely start out with that. He's going to be like, unfortunately, the Democrats will never allow Trump to govern because of all these fake yeah. inquiries and yeah. uh, they they whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then, I mean, that only goes so far as until Trump comes out and calls him like Miss mm-hmm. DeSantis. Something about his hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like misgenders him on purpose or something. Miss like, DeSantis then- is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just using that. <laughs> yeah. for some reason. Madam. And then it's like all it all goes off the rails. Or whatever. Like, and then he just forces Ron DeSantis to be like, respect yeah. people's gender identities. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think he's gonna make fun of him for living in Florida. He has no shame. Here's what it is. Here's what he calls him. Little Miss Florida. Oh, oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Here's what yeah. happens: is he? Yeah. They get on the debate stage. Even though Trump fully lives in Florida, he not allowed to be in New York. <laughs> I think Ron DeSantis actually. I googled it once. Is kind of tall. He's gonna call him Little Miss Florida, and then. Well, Ron the, DeSantis the just has changes. the hair. The hair is yeah. so much of. I mean, so does Trump, but. I still think he'll Ron go DeSantis after Ron DeSantis is Brunson. wide, too. He's got broad yeah. shoulders. <laughs> Real broad. I, I had an image of him as being, like, kind of short and stout, like mm-hmm. like a little, like, stocky dude, but I Googled it, and he's, like, over six foot, which I hate man. to add to yeah. his oeuvre, but, yeah. <laughs> Again, I, think he I maintain <laughs> why I was so jarred when I saw Joe Manchin in person, because he has that same energy where it's like, ew, gross. He must be, like, a tiny listen we love a short king nothing <laughs> as Millie yeah. says nothing sexier than a short king but then you see them in person and it's like oh they do have like a weird charisma a tall man is just still in the year 2020 the intoxicating effect of a tall man with mild charisma it's not fair it's unearned well, we need a pill to so cancel mad at me no people are getting mad at saying this but i I once saw Chris Christie speak publicly. I guess I was working at Facebook and he was there. He is extremely charismatic. I like could not look away. He just like really knows how to to capture an audience. Yeah. I, I said this was, like, about Joe Manchin recently. And yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was Amanda. pretty jarring. There's yeah. a reason these people get That's into true. There's the a reason places they get <laughs> like yeah. that they got into. It's like a yeah. dark power, but it's a power nonetheless. Yeah. Even like Trump does not come off to me as charismatic mm-hmm. but people yeah. love his his shtick i mean he yeah, rode that all, all the way to the white house that and with some help outside <laughs> help but yeah, <laughs> <The> country, which, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to change gears dramatically here we're going to talk about menstrual cycles From the election cycle to menstrual cycles. Here we go. It took a very, very long time to, uh, do you guys remember after the COVID vaccine, a lot of people, I don't know if you guys were like, wait, is your period weird? Do you, did you experience that? And if not, did you hear about friends and families or see on social media that after people got their first or second doses of the vaccine, that they felt like something was up with their period? Elise? I heard that from a lot of people, which is always like, you know, it's anecdotal evidence or whatever, but I, it was... I personally didn't experience that, but I noticed I that I, I heard that from a lot of people. I also didn't experience it, but did hear it. But it is hard because I like I feel like my, I switch anytime I switch birth control, it's off for like two years. Like yeah. so my period is, is never regular. So I like am not in a position to dodge. But I did yeah. hear that. 
I also heard people just even at the beginning of the pandemic, just like our periods are like pretty sensitive to anything that we do. So like going inside suddenly getting like the vaccine, like you had a lot of side effects, like it was probably going to have a side effect on that as well. But at the time, I actually did have pretty bad side effects, like not not like crazy. Just I was just like, oh, this is the weirdest like it was the weirdest period I'd ever had. It was just like really extreme. Um, but do you guys feel like that potential side effect at the time made some people like sus when they heard about it? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the issues is that like there were side effects to the vaccine and then like people wouldn't talk about them because it was like considered like anti-vax and then people didn't have information. I saw like an Atlantic story about like a doctor who's like believed that the vaccine made his cancer worse, but he didn't want to investigate because he thought it would like dissuade people. And it becomes this thing where like, we're all so afraid that Mm people don't behave rationally anymore. So then like the people who have information don't feel comfortable giving it out. Cause like we won't be able to, it's very, it was very scary. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I was really just thinking about like just how heightened and tense what it was when the vaccine was coming out and the vax versus anti-vax like wars of just like a little over a year ago. And it was like, Now I feel like a lot of that has settled down and people can actually finally like talk about things with a little bit less intensity. Um, We can like find these studies. But I know for myself, I like shied away from any of that because again, yeah, I was like, what if people start using this for to not to not get the vaccine? Da da da. But it is like mm-hmm. it's obviously important to know if the vaccine is going to exactly. change women's periods. <laughs> and I think that's what this sort of like study and the attention to it is looking at. Um, like I said, it took a very long time to get this actual research. Let's talk about the re- what they found and kind of how this maybe could have been addressed or worked into the rollout in a different way. It took a very long time to get these results up, but a study of nearly 20,000 people around the world shows that getting vaccinated against COVID did cause the timing, could potentially cause the uh, impact to the timing of the menstrual cycle. So they pulled this data from menstrual tracking apps, which users did consent to. (laughs) There still can be, I guess, some productive uses for that if people are down for it. But also notable, these people weren't using birth control. If you're on birth control, I feel like it's kind of like it's like very rigid. It's like doesn't let your period fall out of line if you're consistent with it. But if you're not or if you're on like I'm on the mini pill, for instance. And so I think it doesn't have any estrogen. So my period is still like all over the place. I'm just raw dogging it. So it's those people and people that are on that like aren't impacted by um, artificial hormones. Vaccinated people experienced on average about a one day delay in getting their periods compared with those who hadn't been vaccinated. But there was a different category that's a lot more extreme. People who received two vaccinations within one menstrual cycle experienced greater disruptions. And I think that would be most people that went and then they said, come back into, was it two weeks or three weeks? Two weeks. So I feel like it's like you could, it's probably a toss up. Like if you exactly. had it between okay. one menstrual cycle or two, because like if you right. got the first one while you were, you know, right about to have your period, like whatever, it just depends. Yes. So if you got both doses during a menstrual cycle, it really um, had an impact on your period. The average increase in cycle length was four days. I believe that's synonymous with um, delay in period. That's Uh, a lot of extra days. That's a lot of extra days. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like that. I would have have noticed that. I don't know if your cycle means like not just your period, right? Doesn't your cycle mean the the whole thing? The cycle is the whole thing. So I I guess it depends on like where that extra, but if it's like four. But if if the whole thing's increasing, then it seems like on average your period increases too, or maybe it just increases. I have a longer, heavier period for sure. 
Yeah, or you could end up being in like the luteal phase for longer, which is where you're like PMSing and you're bloated and my tits hurt. Ugh. That's mine. But yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's yeah. for me. 13% <laughs> experienced a delay of eight days or more. Ooh. So that's like, that's, I mean, this is a, a study of 20,000 people, but that's, that's crazy to be waiting for your period for eight days and not I know why gotten a pregnancy test by then if i'm like five days late i get a pregnancy test that's crazy that's crazy or i would just start getting scared that i was like something's that's just i mean if your period's eight days late your health is that's not a good sign like your period's usually a pretty good sign of your health researchers don't know exactly why the vaccines seem to affect menstrual cycles but like we've been saying the immune and reproductive systems are linked any inflammation or strong immune response could trigger a menstrual fluctuation we had everybody had pretty extreme reactions to that vaccine. We all we all were told we would have, you know, a, a lot of side effects, but we weren't really told it would impact our period. I didn't really see any kind of like super active suppression of discussion around period symptoms. But like you said, Elise, I did feel like there was a sort of collective like, hey, maybe we don't like, should we be talking about this? So do you do you think that officials owed us more of a warning that the vaccine could have this impact or does it sort of feel like a great opportunity to learn next time we have a rollout you should be telling half the population that it might impact something that happens to them every month I just wonder if like we even did the I don't think they even did those studies Yeah I don't know if they could have known which is like that's a different problem of like us not testing medicine on women and expecting women to like have eight day miss have their period be eight days late. And then it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's just, it goes back to what's always expected of us is like, take the medicine. Don't say shit. Like, we're not going to test it on you. Then if you do start raising the alarm about stuff that happened to you, you're going to look like you're discrediting the science. Like we I just my feeling is like, why weren't they testing this on women's periods before they gave it to us? Do you think if they had given out that information, like it would have been harder to get people to take the vaccine? I think potentially because I think that like, people that aren't professionals or weren't listening to professionals. I mean, I know you, I, I admit you hear like, oh, your period is different. And then you instantly think like, is that affecting my fertility? And because That's there the were thing. concerns yeah. around fertility. Yeah. And I feel like they managed that really well. They were just sort of like, yes, these vaccines are new, but we've actually been researching them for a very long time. And this has just hastened it. And it's, yes, you're, if, if I feel like the messaging at the time was, totally valid. It might have impacted your period, but that's not dangerous. We have no reason to believe that that's dangerous. So I actually feel like the way they messaged around it was pretty good. Um, and I feel like people know that now and they know, like, like, like you said at the beginning of the discussion, Elise, like it's been years now. And I feel like you hear a lot less from anti-vaxxers because people did not drop, thousands of people did not drop dead. They have lived. Many babies have been born uh, to vaxxed individuals. Like it's fine. It worked out. Everything's fine. Yeah. I think that if the information had come out earlier, I think there would have been like people on the margins who were worried about fertility and stuff. There might have been more instances of people waiting to see um, what was going on and whatever. Like, 
I don't know. After watching the vaccine rollout, I've made more room in my like life and my brain for people who are just not early adopters of things. And I think, you know, I don't think, I don't know. I feel like less of a hardliner sometimes where I understand people who waited a couple months or whatever. I think at this point, get vax like, okay. But I have a little more like, room and space for the people in my life who did actually just want to wait and see because of this kind of stuff. And I don't know if maybe this would have changed the amount of people who opted to do that. Um, It's really interesting. Yeah, because we're saying, you know, women deserve more information, but uh, the internet sucks. And sometimes that information, like it's not doctors that end up being responsible for how it's framed or 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 how it goes out. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Yeah, I feel the same way about the things both of you flagged. Yeah, I think that especially at that time, right during the rollout or whatever, and in the months prior, everyone, there was like a confirmation bias problem going on on everybody's side. So I think if the information had come out at that, si- at that time, the people who were anti-vaccine would have been like, look, this will mess up your period. And the people who are pro would have been like the, they tested it and it's like, it's just a side effect, but it's okay. So I think everyone would have used it to their own aims, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is kind of, and there, it was just so early that there wasn't enough information, but I agree with you on like being, I think that like the discourse at the beginning got so polarized and it was like, anyone who's not getting the vaccine is so stupid. And I think that that kind of just pushed it even further to the, like made it more extreme and then people kind of like dug their heels in. Um, But I also think it's like one of those things where I honestly am always nervous about getting anything in my body, which is not to say that I have like a, you know, I like drink like two or three Diet Cokes a day. I'm not like a chemical. (laughs) I'm not like someone who's like, can't have any chemicals, but like I understand people's concern. It just truly did not feel like there was an an alternative. Like I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, it might have side effects, but there's literally nothing else that we can do. Right. And it was like, we're in a once once in a century pandemic. Like it was very clear, like with any shot. I mean, we take birth control. A lot of people take take, birth control every day and that's a lot more dangerous. So it's just like weighing pros and cons. Um, But I think like you said at the very beginning, Elise, it's just, it's just seems regardless of the impact of offering that information, it's not just like, oh, this might impact people with lupus. This might impact people, uh, you know, with, with high blood pressure. This might impact half the people Mm -hmm. like it's just crazy to throw something out there and not even have like you know maybe like if you get it at your doctor's office like I got my booster at my doctor's office and because I already have like a relationship with her I found that she was just a little bit more like you know we've heard that like we've actually heard the booster really does kind of knock you out for a bit you know whereas I feel like at the beginning it was very much like you get this and you don't complain and that nothing will ever go wrong and she will you will dance off like a healthy fairy after this but it's like Mm -hmm. it's it's a medicine it's not it's not like it's fine if you have a reaction and some questions um but yeah it's an interesting thing to sort of like look back on to see how people reacted and to see how more information could have been like provided uh and obviously it just ties into people ignoring women's pain and problems yeah agreed number one theme on Thursdays, Ginny, we like to talk about what's getting us through the week. If it's like a TV show or a practice or a movie or something else. Elise, what do you got? 
Oh, well, I think anyone who follows me can probably guess, but uh, what's getting me through this week, what's been getting me through this week is my solo show, which is tonight at 7 p.m. at the Crane Theater in Manhattan. There are still some tickets available for the in-person showing, but I would buy them not at the door because they might sell out before that. Hooray. And then you can also, there's a, there are live stream tickets. So if you're not in New York or you can't make it out, you can come. And yeah, I've really just been, my entire focus has been getting that ready. And I'm really excited for it. Yay. I have so all my exciting. little props that came yeah. in the mail. Oh, fun. Wow. Decor. Uh, yeah, there, there will be props. There will be cameos. It's going to be fun. I was talking to Chris because I was going to see if he wanted to do something, but he's the busiest person ever. I was like, all right, I'll see you there, though. And he was like, I'll be the one dressed as Dumbledore. Are are we allowed to say that? (laughs) Yes, that is announced. Okay. Fat Carrie Bradshaw will be playing the role of Albus Dumbledore in the show. It's going to be very fun. Uh, My husband may or may not be playing Midwestern Hagrid. (laughs) <laughs> so, which is different um, than regular Hagrid. So, come on out and see what all of that means. <laughs> Slight difference. So exciting, Ginny. What about you? Any any fixations or obsessions this week that are lifting your spirit? I'm obsessed with my car. I just learned how to drive very recently, cool. and I got a car that I love. And then this week, the reason I'm so obsessed with mine is that this weekend I was in Portland and I rented a car, and I hated the car so much. And even though I'm a new driver, I was already like, I need to get back to my car. So I'm going to drive my car later today, and I'm really excited for it. Elise, you also you you drove in like high school and stuff, right? Yeah, I like got my driver's license in high school in Northern Virginia. I mean, you had to be driving, but once I moved to the city, I did not drive for like eight years. And basically like, I didn't forget how, but I was so nervous to start That's again. That's where I'm I took, out at. Yeah. I took a class in Manhattan with like, it was like a refresh your driving course that I think is mostly for the elderly. But um, <laughs> I, did, I did take it and it made me feel better. And now I, I drive once again. I feel like I need to get there. I don't know. I, I did. Well, get, I'll send I, you I got this in, class. Yeah, I got into like a lot of fender benders like in my first two years of driving, and that sort of like shattered my confidence. But then I had like you know the rest of like through college. But yeah, I haven't driven consistent. Yeah, I don't think I've driven for like seven or eight years, and I feel like my anxiety is also just on another level, like incomparable to before. So I can't imagine and like driving. But I also, I want to live in the city forever, but I'm not sure if my partner does. And I don't know how long that will be realistic. So it's like a bitch has got to figure out how to drive, but it's really scary. It comes right back. That's what yeah. I'll tell you is that I was surprised at like how fast it came back. And Danny also, he had lost his license for reasons that are the subject of his own one-man show don't need to get into all of that here but either way he got his license back like went through that whole process and both of us were like it comes it really does come right back so what is it like is it scary to learn from nothing Ginny it was so scary and the reason I'm so obsessed with my car is that it like has all these automatic features it's like it's a Nissan with pro pilot so like I don't have to steer it on the highways. It does like adaptive cruise control. And part of what was so scary about the car this weekend is that I had to like do it myself on the highway. Like I'm very Mm -hmm. used to like, I'm so nervous. And then I get on the highway and I'm like, okay, I can relax. And I did not have that this time. 
That is so funny because by taking that like eight year gap in driving that I did now in new cars, I like don't know how to use the backup camera. I'm like stuck. I feel like I'm stuck in technology that like I've had to re I had to the, the hardest part was learning how to like use the new features that actually technically make cars more safe now. Interesting. But I still, my sister was laughing at me because I kept turning around to back out of the driveway and she's like, use the camera. Oh there is a backup gosh. camera. And I'm like, I can't, I don't understand that. I don't trust that. Oh my God. Yeah. Whenever even Mike's driving and I think he still looks back, but if he doesn't, I was like, how could you, what are you trying to do? Murderous? Yeah. Like you're a <laughs> monster. Yeah. I've said this before, but I do bike around the city, which I feel like has given me some confidence that like I can do very dangerous things without dying yet. So we'll keep biking at it. Is, and then I do both, and yeah. I find biking scarier than driving, even as a new driver. So mm-hmm, really, I, well, because I like I feel true, like if yeah. a car hits you, you've got a chance. If you're in a yeah. car, Safety if you're on foot or you're on the bike, it's yeah. really it's really yeah. close. <laughs> like it's really yeah. a. It's really a toss-up. I'm trying to think of uh, – the only things getting me through the week are the things that I say every single week, which is that my dog's feeling better. I have a sickly dog, Ginny. He finally, yeah. like, this – last night was the first night in probably a month he has slept through the night without, like, waking us up coughing, mm-hmm. which, like, I don't I don't think I can have a baby. Like, I, the, when you feel rested and you realize you haven't felt rested for, like, a month, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It feels like drugs. Yeah. I feel like I did heroin today. I'm just like, no, I just got seven straight hours of sleep. So that's what's keeping me, getting me through the week. Sleep. Sleep is incredibly important. Do not neglect it. When you get it, when you have good sleep, appreciate it. That is our show. Thank you so much for joining, Ginny. Where can people find you? What are you up to? Do you have any uh, shows coming up? I'm Ginny Hogan underscore on Instagram and Twitter. I do. I have a monthly show at Caveat, but the next one's not till November because I'm gone most of October. But I will post about it a lot online. Driving somewhere fun? I am. I'm going on a road trip of the South and I'm doing a lot of stand-up. Cool. So actually, if you live Ooh. in Asheville, Asheville, Savannah, Atlanta, Charleston, or Bristol, Tennessee, I'll be there. So you can find it cool. online. Hell yeah. yeah. Those are fun yeah, times. Yeah, I'm excited. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really Please excited. Please remember to rate and review. I noticed that our rating went up on iTunes after we've been asking a lot. So thank you. That is so thank nice. Thank you, guys. You, that really means the world because it had bummed me out when it went down after we talked about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. So I made me happy. <laughs> And it went damn, God damn it. <laughs> Talks about like one time, couldn't help ourselves. And I know, we've been talking about that for so fucking long. I know. We <laughs> talked about it just a beat too early because like about a week, about 10 days after we started talking about it is when finally like way more mainstream, it became more popular like in feminist circles to be like, y'all, like this is out of control. Uh, but you know what? We were ahead of the curve and it cost us and we a tenth cost of a rate <laughs> on iTunes. But we have restored it. We are back. So let's let's get back up. Let's get it to a 4.7. Let's drown out mm-hmm. the trolls. Uh, let's do it. The people that don't like our voices. I will stop asking soon. But thank you. It really has obviously made a difference in our joy. That's what's, you know what? That is what is getting me through the week. That made me so happy when I saw it because the pit in my stomach, if we ever lose, like go below a certain follower count, it's so unhealthy. It's sick. I need more therapy about it. So uh, <laughs> I felt I felt great seeing that. Thank you very much. That is our show. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Jenny Hogan. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. <laughs> The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. 
Betches.